0: All right, we're live and we're rolling, and this is The Real Venture. I'm your host, Peyton, joined by my cousin and business partner, Luke. And Luke and I are entering into the business world by starting a few companies of our own. So we decided to create this very podcast as a platform so we can ask other successful entrepreneurs the questions we need answered in order to help our businesses grow. Every single week, we are joined by CEOs, venture capitalists, artists, co-founders, and influencers, all with one thing in common, they're young entrepreneurs. The only thing I'm going to need you to do is hit that subscribe button so you never miss a conversation. Every single Wednesday, Luke and I will be right here, and we can't wait for you to join us. What's up, everyone? This is producer Cameron. This week, Peyton got the chance to sit down with the founder and CEO of Boxed Wine, Sarah Puhl. Boxed is fine wine reimagined. They frequently get asked why they put their wine in a box, and the answer is simple it's better that way. Better for the environment, less carbon, wine, and recycling waste. On top of that, it's better for you. You get the equivalent of four bottles of wine with each box, and you can pour as much or as little as you like whenever you like. You can check out the current selection of wines now at DrinkBoxed.com. That's B O X T DrinkBoxed.com. Enjoy the episode. So, first off, Sarah, thank you so much for coming on today. Why don't you just start off by telling us a little bit about yourself?
1: It's always such a weird question, isn't it? It is a weird question. So, who
0: are you? Tell me everything.
1: (laughs) Uh, Well, I'm Sarah Puel. Uh, My maiden name is Ovius, which, so sometimes you might hear me refer to myself as Ovius because I feel like there's these people who are like pre me getting married that know me and kind of know who I am. That's kind of like Mm -hmm. part of my personality, which is kind of funny. But anyway, so. Uh, I'm Sarah. I spent most of my career, actually, in for-profit education, which is uh, in a lot of people's uh, minds dirty, but it's actually not. Um, I worked for a couple of companies: the Apollo Education Group, Stray Education. Uh, you would know the Apollo Education Group because we um, were the parent company to University of Phoenix. Okay. Um, we had uh, universities all over the world, mm-hmm. um, and I actually had—I was at—I had a bunch of roles at that company. I was there for so long. Um, and I came to them, so like my early entrepreneur type stuff, while it wasn't my company, um, in my early career, I was at a really, really small startup back in the heyday of lead generation um, in the in the early 2000s mm-hmm. um, after I was in college, after I graduated. I went to University of San Francisco um, and uh, we were doing education lead gen and we got acquired about a year later by a bigger lead gen company called Aptimus. And then a year later, um, the Apollo education group bought Aptimus to bring essentially their lead gen Mm in-house because they were doing it through an agency. And just by buying us, they were cutting 20% off the top, like those agency fees. And it just made a ton of sense. And it was a really fun time. The early days of lead gen was really fun. And so- Why was it fun? Because there's a lot of money everywhere. Um, And we're generating a lot of revenue, like in those early startup days, like it was really, it's really fun to watch these numbers grow and your client's super happy. And then you're going through acquisitions. And at a young age, I had a lot of exposure to really senior leaders. Mm -hmm. Um, And I would say the things that are making me successful today are still the same things that made me successful early in my career, which is frankly, I just put my head down and work. Mm -hmm. Um, also if I have a late night, I still show up on time. That's important. Um, you know, the excuse of, Oh, we had a late night. So I'm dragging today, like never came out of my mouth. Yeah. And so nobody ever knew how hungover I really was. Um, I think it's like half of it. No, but, and so, you know, that like I was always just like doing, doing, doing and iterating, iterating, iterating. And from that, like great things happen. And that is the case today. And so I'd been, I'd, I'd done everything from business development. I ran our uh, sports marketing investments. We had the naming rights to the University of Phoenix Stadium where the Arizona Cardinals played. Yep. Uh, and so like lots of cool things. We I traveled the world in that job, like everywhere from Europe to frankly, the Middle East, um, Mm -hmm. and just really cool stuff. And I got to do a a lot of things. Um, I met my husband in my, uh, mid thirties, uh, my late mid thirties, and we got married and I had a kid and then I had an identity crisis. And at the same time, I met one of the partners at next coast ventures in Austin. Mm -hmm. And he was like, I think you should be an entrepreneur. And I was like, what? Uh, no. (laughs) And anyway, there's Mike is one of the best mentors of all time. And when I say mentors, I, I think that people talk about mentorship and like seeking out mentors. And I think that mentors have to also find you. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have to pick you because mentorship is a two-way street. So there's people that you can admire and there's people that you respect and people that you want to emulate. But I think a true mentorship relationship is you know, it's a back and forth and it's an actual active hands-on dialogue that goes two ways.
0: Now, so like you said, it's two ways. And I think everybody is, is aware of it coming from the mentor, right? It's the advice, it's the experience. What are you giving to your Mm -hmm. mentor as the mentee?
1: I mean, you get, well, I mean, a lot of things. I mean, I think, I mean, your energy, your ideas, I mean, there is a company when there where there wasn't and his firm is invested in it and they're excited about our growth. And, you know, hopefully uh, I will give them what they want from a return and they're excited about what we bring to the firm. Yeah, I mean, so that's one. But also like, I have experience too. I'm, you know what I mean? Like, and there's lots of things that he and I have talked about. And so everybody has something to offer somebody. And like I said, a mentorship, I don't just... You know, a mentor, there's people you can call and ask a question to and get Mm. advice. That's not a mentor. That's someone you call to get advice from. (laughs) Um, And so like somebody, you know, mentorship is, I think it's coaching. It's like, like I said, active participation in, you know, some part of what you're doing at any given time.
0: Yeah. No, I, I, I think that that's a great differentiator for it. It's, it's active. I mean,
1: there's, pl- and listen, I'm a big ask for advice and I think you should call everybody you can and ask everybody every question you can, but those are people that you respect because of their professional opinion. They're yep. not all, it's not, they're not all your, like, you don't have hundred mentors.
0: Can you have multiple mentors?
1: I think so. But I, I mean, like I'm telling you, it, it's a time investment on everybody's part.
0: Yeah. The investing in people, I think is something that a lot of people don't understand. And it goes into like, you know, your relationships, your friendships. All of that takes time, and you know, I feel like sometimes in a business setting, people are like, well, I don't have time for that. But that could be one of the most valuable investments of your time is, is working with somebody or I mean, um, you know, passing that knowledge. Time's,
1: time's such a funny thing. I mean, you hear people talk all the time. It's like, we all have the same 24 hours, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, but I think that people make time for things that matter to them, mm-hmm. whatever that is. I mean, it's just that simple. Yep. So what matters to you, you'll make time for. If it matters to you that you're getting a workout in every day, you get a workout in every day. And if you're not doing it, it's because you're not making time and you're not.
0: And it doesn't matter to you. It doesn't
1: really matter to you. Even if you're saying to yourself, it definitely matters to me to work out. I can't find time. Yeah. You can find time. Exactly. If that's what you really want to do.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, And so like, it's, that's the same thing with, with everything.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And Um, I mean, is that something that you learned? Like, when did you learn that? I mean, is that something that you have just been like, Aware of your entire life, or is I, that did something have to happen that kind of brought that?
1: In? I mean, I think I'm, I think I'm a little bit of a weirdo, but yeah, maybe I think I have always known that. I mean, my mom certainly has known that. That if there's something I don't want to do,
0: you're not gonna do it.
1: I definitely will not do it. Yeah, and I'm not a, I have no zone for half ass. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm not invested on whatever level, you just won't, I won't, you won't get a commitment out of me. Yeah, And so, yeah, that's, I think, and I think that's okay. Like, I think you yeah. should be able to say like, this is important and this is valuable. Whether you're like saying that out loud or like unconsciously knowing, you know, how you're time blocking and mm-hmm. using your time. Yeah. But yeah, you have to, I do think though, you have to protect your space and your time and figure
0: out. And, I think, I think people can get overextended very easily, especially yeah. like in today's world where, you know, you can do so much from your phone and you yeah. know, from your computer. I mean, I've, I mean, I, it, it could be so easy to work like 10 different jobs in your mind you know, In your like, mind, in, and in, none of them effectively, and though. none of them are real yeah. basically. Yeah. So I, I mean, I definitely think that that is, that's I a think, powerful idea. I
1: think that's maybe one of the hardest things. I, I do tell myself all this, this all the time is it's easy to chase shiny objects. Mm-hmm. And so in starting the business, the one thing that I have, and I say it to anybody who consults with us, works with us is I am hundred percent a thousand percent there's no such thing as a thousand percent there's actually only a hundred percent a billion percent laser focused on our core use case right now for the first few years of this business that's the only thing that matters to me Mm -hmm. because if we can nail that i will get permission to do a whole bunch of other cool shit. yeah but if i don't nail that because i was like and then you can take your box and your rv and you can take it camping and you can take it here People then won't understand what our primary purpose is mm-hmm. and will fizzle out, and we will have been a novelty that turned into a nuisance or just a novelty that was like, that was cute, remember when? Yeah. Um, instead of, let me be your house wine, I'm gonna be your girl Tuesday, and you're gonna have a glass of my wine on Tuesday or Thursday or on the Saturday night that you decided to sit in your pajamas. Yeah. And then at other times, you're gonna find other wine or another beverage uh, to enjoy because I don't need you to drink only mine, but if you had one box a month in your home and I was your house wine, and we got a little slice of the pie on people that drink wine in this country, we will win every day. And then yes, you're gonna be like, hey, let's take this cool box camping. Mm-hmm. But right now, I'm not your camping wine and your picnic wine and your this wine and this wine. I don't want to be all of those things to everybody. It's yeah. impossible for for that. And so right now, remaining really focused.
0: Why don't Why do you tell important. us a little bit about boxed? Because oh, yeah. you know, we're, we're we're talking about this wine. What, this company. What yeah. is this wine?
1: So I started a company called Boxed, uh, and you'll notice that I didn't call it boxed wine because I don't know where else we're gonna go. I'm sure there's other places.
0: Was that on purpose at the very yeah. beginning?
1: Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Um, And I, but I I was never talking about doing anything other than wine, but I just knew like I just couldn't, I needed to have room. Yep. Um, so Boxed, we are a direct to consumer premium wine brand. We are the winery, fully licensed bonded winery. We make the wine ourselves, um, and we source wine essentially from all over the world and blend against seven profiles, wine profiles. And the idea is one, you should be able to drink premium wine and afford it, um, Two, you should like it every single time. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one of the challenges with just traditional bottle is, you know, you kind of are like, I think I like Pinot Noir. And you buy a bottle and you're like, man I don't think I actually don't like that one. And then you think you don't like Pinot Noir. And you're like, no, you just didn't like that one from there made this way.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's just
1: like too much. And I'm like, on a Tuesday, I just want a glass of wine that I really like. Yeah. Um, so that's it. We're on a mission to be your house wine. I want you to drink us on, like I said, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday night in your PJs. And I also want you, like if you're our number four, which I'm a four, um, I want to help you find other wines you might enjoy. And then you can attribute that back to me. Uh, and you're like, wow, yeah, she showed me all these other bottles or these, when I was at a restaurant, I, I regurgitated this one sentence she told me to say, even though I don't know what it means. And they were able to get me a glass of wine that I loved. And then when when they get home and it's Tuesday again, they're like, "Ah, Old Faithful's here." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you
0: know? I mean, it's almost like it's a uh, it's a form of education a little bit, right? Because you're you're picking a wine based on the way it tastes yeah. and and how you feel with it, and then maybe that can lead you down the path to learn more about that kind of wine. Yeah, um, if you want, yeah. and if
1: not, that's fine too. Yeah. I mean, I was at a restaurant last night, and I won't tell you which one, and I was just like. I was like, here, this is what I'm interested in. And when she came back to tell me about the bottle, it was just like, I don't even know what she said to me. I was like, can I just taste it? Yeah. (laughs) And then I'll tell you if I like it. Um, But it was just like too much. And like some of the words I'm like, I don't even actually, I'm in the wine business. I, maybe I shouldn't say that, but I didn't know what the words meant. Sure. And it, it like, it just.
0: Do you think, do you think that whole.
1: It was just too much.
0: Do you think that too much, that kind of culture of like, oh, you have to know all this stuff about the wine. Do you think that turns people away from it?
1: I, I do. Like, I'm not saying you should never know it. I'm not saying you shouldn't learn it. And I'm certainly not sticking my middle finger up at in the industry, but you know, it was a Thursday night. I'm having dinner with a couple friends and my husband. And I mean, at a, you know, it wasn't like a super fancy place or anything. And it that's part of their thing, but it was just a little bit over the top. And you know, it took like seven minutes to get through the speech on the wine. And I was like,
0: You don't even want it at that point. I'm
1: like, can I just have a drink of it, please? Yeah. While you talk.
0: (laughs) Exactly. But I do
1: think people, I get, listen, I get people all the time in my tastings and they're like, oh, I was nervous to come because I don't know anything about wine. I was like, well, you're in the right place. Yeah, that's perfect. Because I'm going to focus first on, do you like the taste? That's the only thing that matters to me. Mm -hmm. And just pick the one you like the taste of, drink through them. Don't drink the ones you don't like. And you know what? Let's just enjoy a glass of wine.
0: Yeah. I mean, to be completely honest, like I've never been a huge fan of whites. Yep. And then I tried the number two and I bought a box the and next day. And you bought day. a box. I, I bought a <laughs> I box I saw your day. name
1: come through and I was giggling. I was like, that's awesome. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I, it was awesome. And now, you know, I'm a little more aware of white wine because of box. So it And it, it tastes was per- good, right? It, it tastes amazing. It's just in the fridge. It's easy to use. And, and
1: you're like, pour oh. It out.
0: Yeah. Even at like you, you have know, such wa- a
1: sophisticated palate, drinking number two. There
0: we go. Yeah, <laughs> just at one o'clock on a Friday. It's what I'm going to do after this, <laughs> kind of thing. But okay, so you know, boxed, and we kind of alluded to it a little bit earlier. But you know, when when Mike approached you and said, "Hey, I." You know, I think you should be an entrepreneur. You became an entrepreneur in residence, correct? Yep,
1: at at Next Coast Ventures. What is that? Listen, I didn't even know, if I'm being really honest. And I I think, listen, every firm does it a little differently. And I think even inside of firms, each EIR is kind of the little lingo, Mm -hmm. entrepreneur in residence, um, does it a little differently and has kind of a different path. But in my world, you know, it was, well, one, my husband and I were definitely thinking about leaving San Francisco. Um so I,
0: you've been in the Bay this whole time.
1: Yeah, for like, for, for all the better your part career. of twenty two years. Gotcha. Yeah. After I graduated. Um so I went to college there and then just kind of So you
0: were there me. like I mean peak Silicon Valley, oh, yeah, doing yeah, yeah. all the great stuff. Yeah,
1: the fun, fun work very hard, but we played really hard too. Yeah. It was really fun. Yeah. Um and so anyway, we were like, yeah, and so it just made sense. And and the great thing about an EIR is like it's 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 um there's kind of two pieces of it one you're given some space to ideate and think and maybe you come up with something awesome hopefully you come up with something awesome and hopefully you come up something with that firm wants to fund because that's like yeah
0: what's that kind of relate do they come to you and like hey i want you to think of a a company in this industry no
1: everybody's a little different um no i mean well to be honest with you we thought i was going to ideate and like new media and podcasting technology to be honest. And I ended up with a wine company. Um so that's a long story for maybe part two. Um, but so everyone's a little different. And as I was ideating, um, I came up with an idea that they wanted to fund. But while you're doing that, they have entrepreneurs that are coming in, pitching the firm for investment. And where it made sense, I would sit in on some of those pitches and give them, you know, my own expertise for my career Mm -hmm. so when it was an entrepreneur that was maybe doing something in ed tech you know i'd listen to the pitch and after the meetings i'd you know or i'd ask a few questions during the meeting and afterwards like i'd tell them what i thought yeah Um, and so they get my professional expertise kind of in-house kind of for a short period while i'm you know in-house ideating and you know they're coaching me and guiding me and introducing me to people that i can ask questions to
0: Um, it's almost like you're like a minor league farm system where like you're in there, you're like, you know, showcasing what you got and they're like priming you for when your idea is ready. It's something that, so does, does the, does the firm own the idea right off the bat or, or when you, when you come into an EIR, is it a, is it an equity play?
1: Everybody's, everything's a little different. Um, no, I mean, listen, they've invested in, in box and so they are part owners of the company and, Mm -hmm. But yeah, sure. I mean, it's a traditional. You know, they are venture capital. Yep. Um, and so we raised venture. Um, was it was it
0: scary coming in without the idea initially and just being told, "Hey, I want you to think of something. I want you to ideate on yeah, this." Yeah,
1: I mean, I don't know if I would say scary. It's like scary, intimidating, weird, awkward, awesome.
0: Just everything bundled weird. up. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and you're just kind of like, I definitely do remember like in the early it's like, what do I do now? And so I'm like sitting there, like. What do I do? What do I do? And then you just start doing and you start thinking and you start hanging out with the Google. You, you start putting things together. And also then you're like, just talk to people. And as you talk to people, things surface and ideas percolate. But I will say, I think, I think we all know inside of us, whether it's an idea to start a company or an idea to start a podcast or an idea to get fit, you know, when something's right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. it's something you know when it's something you have to do. Yeah. Whether, like I said, it's starting a company or a podcast or changing something in your life or proposing to your girlfriend, right? And when you have the courage to just say, I'm doing it, Mm -hmm. and what I don't know, I'll learn, you can essentially do anything. Sure. I mean, short of, yeah, I mean, I guess you could be a brain surgeon because then you could just learn how to be a brain surgeon and then become a brain surgeon. Yeah. I don't have any interest in doing that. I don't really like it. I'm, I'm not going to make
0: time for it either. <laughs> yeah. I'm not
1: going to make time for it either. I don't like bloody things. But, I mean, it's that simple. Mm-hmm. And when people ask me things like, is it hard? Yeah, it's fucking hard. Yeah. Are you kidding me?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's also hard to raise a kid. It's hard to...
0: It's hard to do anything that's Be worth nice it.
1: to people sometimes. <laughs> no, yeah. Um, no, but I mean, it's just like, it's hard, like mm-hmm. it's really hard and I don't know what I'm doing every day Yeah. and I don't, all I know is like, here are the set of decisions I'm making today and I'm going to make them to the best of my ability and tomorrow, if we find that the box that we shipped broke because I made a decision to use this tape, mm-hmm. guess what? We'll get a different tape tomorrow.
0: You we'll learn something. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And
1: it's like, you like there's a point in which you can't anticipate all of the things that you're going to do, and you just have to start doing, because mm-hmm. if you don't, you'll never, and yeah. that's it.
0: No, I, I think entrepreneurship, like, in its core is baptism by fire in a lot of different ways. Like, you might have an understanding of how to do a part of it, and that's great, and you maybe you'll yeah. never mess that up, but there's so many other things that surround it that you didn't even know existed yeah. that are going to be hard.
1: Well, and sometimes it's like... There's pieces of it. You have to know what matters to like get right, and then you have to know what matters to just get going. Yeah, and there and it's like nuanced and it's different. And you just have to you just have to go for it.
0: Yeah, I mean, the other day I I spent about five hours trying to learn QuickBooks because accounting matters to uh, <laughs> us as we're as we're raising money and you know all this stuff is exchanging hands and moving all over the place and yep. I don't know how to do that and so that was something that. I had to learn baptism by fire because I didn't want to mess that up. Yep. That'd be legally bad. Listen,
1: there's like a point in which you also have to say, okay, this isn't where I need to spend my time anymore because I'm like my most important, like the thing that I can contribute the most
0: is not there, is
1: not in that spot. And so I think that's the thing, um, that can be hard to do is let go of. Stuff. Yeah. Um, I actually love letting go of stuff (laughs) that I am not that great at. I do like, you know, we started shipping wine in October. And so for the first like two or three months, like I was in like during our big shipping weeks, like I was pulling the water activated tape. Like I I so then when we were having some challenges in, you know, November or December, whatever it was, with some broken boxes. I understood what was happening and when I could talk to a consultant about some different things. Because you were hands about, on. Yeah, because I knew what was going on. I also know that it is not practical for me to participate in the shipping every single month, all the time, when I need to be doing other things. Yeah. But I knew it was going on, so I knew when we're talking to a consultant about solving this problem we were having, I understood what like was going into mm-hmm. it. And then when he was explaining the physics of stuff, as we were problem solving our packaging, <laughs> there was a period where uh, for like two days straight, I'm literally dropping packages from 10 feet to see what would go on. Yeah. But you know what, going through that whole thing now, when we're talking, we're doing a, a big packaging upgrade, which I'm really excited about. I understand it, like yeah. it makes sense to me. Yep. And I can, I can make a faster, better decision because I participated in all the things and then, okay, found the right leader to say, okay, now you can own this and you have the, the right subject matter yeah. expertise and th- blah, blah, blah.
0: I think delegation is something that makes a really good leader, right? You know, figuring out when you can have somebody else do it. And I think a lot of people that are like starting their own business, like usually it's just them by themselves or with a buddy or, you yeah. know, whatever the case. So like, you know, from an advice standpoint, how do you start to build some confidence in the system to start passing it off to other people?
1: uh it's a hard question no i mean it's just that you gotta one you've got to find great people who are willing to just like dig in and it's no like no it's okay not to know the answers Mm -hmm. um all the time right um but you have to dig in enough to understand what that area is and then you have to ask yourself is this where i'm going to contribute the most and if not you've got to find you just got to find somebody yeah. And and then you've got to make sure that you're making time to talk to them and answer questions for them and then you know, I think the bigger thing about delegation is making decisions. So what I what I really like doing is when somebody when somebody's working on something for me and they come to me and it's like, "All right, here are here are the two things I need you to look at. I'll just decide." I think when people fail is when they fail to decide and give somebody a choice and help somebody find a direction. Um, because a lot of times I think the big fear for somebody that's being delegated to is that they'll get it wrong. And I think in some ways there's kind of no wrong there, but so then they don't do and the not doing part is when you don't move forward. Yeah. So if you can give people super clear direction and make decisions so that they have the confidence to move forward Mm -hmm. um and then over time they build the confidence to make the decision themselves because they're like seeing how these decisions lead to outcomes yeah um that is the the thing so it's okay to fail yeah i mean i don't think there's really anything there's no failure Mm -hmm. i I mean i don't mean to sound weird but i just think there's no failure i don't you know there's Things that you're like, that didn't work. I mean, it's, I mean, I guess it's failure if you wasted a really, like, a ton of money on, like, a bad decision. But, you and you kind of see that in, like, corporate, in corporate life, where it's like, oh, look, we have 30 people in this meeting for 45 minutes to decide nothing. Awesome. That's a failure. Uh, You know, and so then, you know, there's lots of times there's so much money that gets wasted mm-hmm. on projects that you're like, everybody knew that this wasn't working. Yeah. So that's a failure, but... In this environment, you know, if we test an ad unit, we're not spending a million dollars on it. We're spending a few hundred bucks, and it doesn't work. Great, we learned something. Yeah. We, if um, we are doing something, and we try an offer to our members to, you know, get some referrals, and the offer doesn't work. Next month, we try a different one, and by trying that one, we learned some language that worked or didn't work, and then we can iterate. And if you do that. Like you can't necessarily, you know, you can slow down because you're like, okay, we lost a month on that one, but you're not, you're not, are you really losing a month? I don't, you know, I don't no, know. Maybe yeah. not.
0: Yeah. I, so, and, and I love that, that there really isn't a failure that I think that's a great way to look at it, but there definitely are challenges. And, you know, you've talked about a couple yeah, of them. I
1: mean, like it's what? not, not hard.
0: Yeah, no, exactly. If, if, if something is, is challenging, things are not going to go correctly sometimes. And and that's totally okay. But what are some of the major challenges that you've had in your entrepreneurial journey that have been like major lesson opportunities for you where you really took something powerful away from it?
1: I mean, listen, I think the biggest thing is figuring out how to like fit it all in. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And figure out the right way to prioritize just different things, whether it's, you know, my personal life and my family and just putting it all together, like that's been the hardest, I think, part of all of it. Um, but recently, you know, we have accelerated our hiring and I'll say that that has been the biggest growth for me as a person and as a leader is getting more butts in seats and knowing now's the time to put the horsepower behind everything and, and, uh, not being afraid to just grow the team and just multiply what we can accomplish. And by bringing in some really smart, interesting, talented people who have point of view on a bunch of things and can, you know, kind of elevate everything that we're doing, Mm -hmm. all of a sudden I'm finding that I can invest the time where I can be most effective here at Boxed. And I'm finding time to spend quality time with Kevin and Charlie. And then also like my friends, who I also need to spend time with and mm-hmm. et cetera. So, I mean, I think that's the big thing is like, it's hard, it's time consuming, but I, I sleep at night. Yeah. I mean, you know, you're okay. I'm okay. Yeah.
0: The, um, you know, Austin is such an exciting place, right? And I think in, in a lot of ways, it's maybe similar to what you experienced in, in Silicon Valley. Do you think boxed? will benefit from just the way Austin is, is growing right now, especially when it comes yeah. to putting butts in seats. I mean, Listen, there's just a lot of talented yeah, people. there's here. a lot
1: of talented people. Austin's such a cool town. I think the best, you know, there's like this cool cultural cachet mm-hmm. <laughs> of being in Austin, um, that obviously I think is great for boxed. It's great for boxed that, you know, we make our wine in Napa. So we've got kind of that premium vibe, but yeah, Austin, Austin's a cool town. Austin's an easy place to live. And, um, I think, Austin is growing in so many neat ways. I think the one thing that um, I would say, and just so you know, I'm a native Texan and I I did go to high school in Austin. I went to St. Stephen's. The one thing that I would say, I hope that my fellow uh, Californian friends who are, who are um, swarming to Austin mm-hmm. uh, is that we don't make it mini San Francisco and we look around and all the things that make Austin Austin, we make sure that we leave it that way yeah i mean let's enhance it and like let's bring great things to austin but also there's the reason we all love austin let's not lose it Mm -hmm. um because we weren't paying attention and we weren't taking care and like being good stewards of this community
0: yeah and i think that that is something that could easily get out of hand right especially when it's just a swarm of people where it's like uncontrollable. But I think, uh, I think there are a lot of people that share that kind of mindset and I don't think people are going to let Austin slip. It might, it might stumble a little bit. Well,
1: yeah. I mean, listen, I mean, I will say the home prices are outrageous. Oh, they're
0: insane.
1: (laughs) They're insane. I'm really glad that I bought, we bought our house in early 2019.
0: (laughs) Yeah. That that was probably the perfect time to buy. So for sure. So this is kind of a fun question because I like to see, you know, where you're, because I mean, boxed and and you're so laser focused on it, but I'm sure you have other interests and things that you, that you think on what, what is another industry or another, you know, kind of area of the business world that you're interested in? It doesn't mean you necessarily have to go out and start the next greatest company in there, but like, what else are you interested in outside of?
1: I just, I like to go sailing. Mm -hmm. So maybe when, um, box just blows up and I do my next thing, I'm just going to captain a sailing boat and take people on vacation
0: there you go. Where are we going to sail? All over. Just all over. Yeah. There you it's go. just
1: going to be a nice big catamaran though.
0: That's a vibe. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm into. That's, I mean, listen, I've, I have a lot of interests. I think there's a lot of, I'm, like I said, I don't want to be a doctor. Mm-hmm. I don't see that in my future. Although check in with me in 10 years, see if yeah. I've applied to medical school. There you go. Um, no, I mean, listen, I'm interested. I'm not, I'm not interested in technology. I'm, I'm interested in uh, storytelling, not to be a writer myself, I'm really interested in the future of micro communities and how people are going to connect with each other Mm. on shared interests and shared, not just interests like, Oh, I like soccer. And let's talk about, you know, the new soccer team, but like, you know, things that drive people at their core and where community interests align and, and, and where they meet in the digital, uh, universe. I think that's something that's really interesting and, I'd love to spend some time ideating, you know, in the, you know, the future of communities. Like I'd like to be a part of that somehow. Yeah. Um, but I think I can be a part of that, um, through boxed and creating a community with boxed and and look at kind of like that micro world of, and not necessarily about wine. Um, but what are the shared things amongst people who are members of our little community right now that could be massive or will be massive.
0: I, I think community is just such an important component of all this. And it's kind of cool that, you know, yes, you're selling a physical product, but there is a, a sense of community behind it, especially I, I love the the house, the home wine approach, because mm-hmm. um, I, I saw like a really interesting article the other day that was talking about like the toothbrush test. Yep. And it's something that every startup has to pass. Basically, would your product be used more than once a day, once or, you know, twice a day and mm-hmm. does it make somebody's life better? And I think that, Box is a great example of that because it is something that everybody could use once or twice a day.
1: <laughs> once or twice a day, sometimes six. No, sometimes six, yeah.
0: Well, you could go through a couple boxes. Toothbrush that. test. That's yeah.
1: interesting. You got to send me that article.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's um, uh, Larry Page. I uh, thought the it was Google. like,
1: is this a product that? Is, your, is somebody going to scrub your, you know, your toilet with your toothbrush kind of thing on this idea? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, like I,
0: the article popped up on Medium the other day and it's, apparently it's like the Google CEO, Larry Page. I don't know if he's is the current CEO, maybe the old one. But yeah, uh, I don't know that was might. his, um, that was kind of like his test on when people were pitching him as startups. Like, hey, is, you know, because everybody like has their idea, but like at its core, is it something that people would use daily? Because yeah. you don't have to use it constantly all day, but if somebody's using it, on a, every, basis, on a repeated yeah. basis, then that product brings value like the Yeti. Yeah. It's, are you going to yep. drink every single glass of whatever you consume out of it? No, but yeah. when you do, it's, it serves its purpose. It certainly
1: becomes more important to me, my Yeti, um, in the summer in Austin. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I recognize you can use it all year round. So, but it's funny because I do now as like, I'm going somewhere will like, oh, I'm not going to take that cup. I'll take this one because mm-hmm. my ice stays like ice all day long yeah. even if i leave it in my car
0: oh i mean that's literally the best. i um when i go play golf i i pack a yeti mm-hmm. fill it with ice close it and leave it in my car so when i come back
1: you have beautiful i have beautiful freezing cold water. freezing water
0: and it's the <laughs> and best there's part still of some it, ice in there and there's still some ice in there it's incredible yeah um so with a uh,
1: hashtag not an ad <laughs> yeah hashtag not
0: an ad i mean if yeti wants a sponsor i'd be just more than happy to accept that but um what a you know? What are a couple pieces of advice that you would want to give to somebody that's listening right now? That's about to start.
1: I would just their say company? you just got to go. Like that's it. You just got to do. It, there's there's so many there's millions of people with ideas and they do nothing. The only thing that makes a difference is getting off the sofa. Well, I it's, mean, technically you could sit on the sofa and be doing, but I mean, like you got first step. Yeah, you just have to do it, and it's not just the first step. You just have to keep walking. You just have to keep going, and that's it. Like. It's now easy to look back and say, like, oh, yeah, we're shipping wine. But, you know, somebody on my team just texted me a picture of, you know, this day one year ago, and it was me in my driveway painting wooden blocks of which we've thrown all the way. But, like, what? You yeah. know? And so you just think, like, what? Yeah. You know what I mean? You just have to do and mm-hmm. You have to do what you think is the most important thing to do that day to advance whatever it is you're doing. So you can get your proof points And like you at you like collect this little bucket of proof points. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you have a full bucket and then you've got something and then you get another bucket and you put more proof points in that bucket. And, but if you start thinking about needing to fill 20 buckets, you're not going to do anything. I do not you yeah. know, I don't even know if there's 20 buckets. I don't even know how many buckets I filled. You just keep, you know, like these little micro movements and then all of a sudden, you know, you're shipping wine to 44 states or whatever it is. Like, yeah, it's nuts.
0: It's like, I mean, it's like the, uh, you know, how do you eat a horse? It's one bite at a time yeah. kind of thing. But like, if you're just staring at the horse, you're never going to yeah. eat it.
1: And you like, you know, so it's easy to get overwhelmed, but you just have to not, it's like, you have to have the ability to like, see this picture and not and like kind of what I say, like, see where you're going, but not necessarily you know, you don't have to go to that exact space. And if you don't get to that exact place, it doesn't mean you didn't win. You have to see it and then let it go so that you can take a step.
0: Yeah, absolutely. The last question that I always like to ask is it's very simple and it's always, you know, cool to see how people interpret it. But just simply, why are you an entrepreneur?
1: I don't know. Because I'm a lunatic. I mean, <laughs> I, like, listen, you know, it's funny because I, like, It's like, oh, people like complain about working for somebody else, blah, blah. I'm going to do my own thing. Mm -hmm. This is the hardest thing I've ever done in my whole life. It's so hard. Yeah. And it's so much fun, but it's so, 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 so hard. And it's hard all the time. Mm -hmm. The highs are awesome. Yeah. Uh, The lows are incredibly lonely and terrifying. Yeah. And... I do not recommend it. (laughs) Like literally, I don't recommend being an entrepreneur, but I'm really glad that I am. I'm having also more fun than I've ever had. It is crazy, cool and powerful. When first your friends are like, this is fucking sweet. Yeah. Uh, But then when people you don't even know are like, I get it. Mm-hmm. And then they write you a note and you get more compliments than you get complaints by, you know, a billion X. Mm-hmm. And you realize there's actually not that many complaints and yeah. you're like, Oh shit, we're on to something. Yeah. This is awesome. Mm-hmm. But I don't even remember your question, but it's really fucking hard. And so you got to be ready for it. It's super lonely, but if you just ask people questions and you just start doing like, it is awesome. Yeah. And it's the greatest thing. But definitely don't become an entrepreneur. <laughs>
0: it's scary, but, but worth but it. But don't be scared. Yeah, just but, do it, but don't do it. Just don't do it, but do it. <laughs>
1: but definitely do it.
0: Absolutely. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for, for coming on today. Before yeah. we go, why don't you, um, you know, plug some socials. Where could people learn about you? Box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything. You can go
1: to drinkbox.com. That's drink, B-O-X-T. We're not boxed with an E-D. Drinkbox.com. And then just at drinkboxed on social. Uh, and you can Go to the Google, uh, and you can probably find us there too. Yeah. My friend, the Google, where I learn everything I need to know.
0: There you go. Um,
1: so, yeah, that's how you can find
0: us. All right, sweet. Thank you.
1: Great. Thanks for having me.
0: All right, guys, if you want to continue this discussion. Follow us on our social media. Our Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebooks will all be in the description of this episode. Hop on there, shoot us a DM, hit us up with whatever concerns, questions, comments that you guys have. We'd love to, uh, to continue to build that community on there. Next, subscribe to wherever you listen, iTunes, Spotify, Google, Amazon, uh, Overcast, you name it, we got it. We also have a YouTube channel now. So hop over there and subscribe to us. All the clips that we post on social media will be there as well. Plus, uh, you know, a couple little extra ones for, uh, for the real fans out there. So we appreciate you guys. Next, please leave a rate and a five-star review. It helps us out tremendously because of your guys' support. We already cracked the top 150 for business and entrepreneur podcasts, and I think that we can crack the top 100 here real soon with your guys' continued support. Lastly, reach out to us. If you're a young entrepreneur and you'd like to share your story on the podcast, we'd be more than happy to ask you some questions because we know that it's going to be a great learning experience for us.